right, uh, welcome everybody to season two, episode two of the Hockey Toolkit. I am Trevor DiCarlo. I'm Andrew Trimble. And uh, yeah, we didn't really have much of a pre-show outside of our interview that uh, we'll talk about in a little bit. So, uh, Coach, it's been a while. How are we doing? Great. Well, I got to first, I got a shout out to um, our episode nine uh, guest, Joe Bertania. He was just announced today. He's won the Lester Patrick Award. It's awarded to uh, from USA Hockey um, and from from Gary Bettman. He said he I, I texted him. He said he got a text from Gary Bettman, a call from Gary Bettman. Um, it's given to uh, the person who's you know devoted, um, you know, recognized for their contributions over a lifetime for USA Hockey or hockey in the United States. So. Uh, big shout out, big congratulations to Joe Britannia. In pr- my personal opinion, that was one of our, our finest episodes. I think it really gave a lot of insight into goaltending, goaltender training, and uh, and he he's a well-deserved recipient of that honor. It's actually one of our most listened to. So, I mean, definitely, uh, well, I, I didn't even know that. So, congrats, uh, Joe, on that as well from my side. Um, that's a huge honor, especially coming from, I mean, from the top down of the NHL, and then you got USA Hockey. I mean... Outside of winning the Stanley Cup, I don't think it gets any better than that. So, uh, but yeah, congrats. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what do you, you know, I've heard rumblings, Trevor. There's some big news in Chicago these days. What's what's going on out there? Uh, you know, it's, uh, well, the Hawks have kept, uh, they, they kept uh, Kevin Korchinski up, the defense when they drafted two years ago. <laughs> he's, uh, he's doing, he's actually doing pretty well. Uh, for, he's a first rounder. Um were you, were you right? Oh, you're referring. Oh, it's the other guy. The guy. Yeah. The one yeah, that the ev- other guy. Yeah. The one that everyone, even in people in Chicago are sick of everyone just talking about and just letting him be his own person. Connor Bedard has finally scored last night as of this recording, scored his first NHL goal. Yes. He's, uh, he's making waves. What are your thoughts about him, coach, so far? I watched a little bit of the, his, his first game. I didn't catch any of the Bruins game last night. Um, you know, and he had a he had a good, good, uh, good first game. You know, like he can't. The expectations are crazy high because Austin Matthews had four goals in his first game. But like, yeah. you know, that's a typical. That's a really good first game. I mean, the guy came in and he was driving a lot of a lot of offense. He created every almost every shift. He had like five or six shots on goal. Like, it's a great first game. Just because you didn't get that first goal doesn't matter. I mean, he he looked like he more than belonged for sure. You know, it's funny is that I. Guys at work were talking about it because I got obviously I got a new job now. So the older gentlemen are thank you. Uh, the older gentlemen are just asking me now, like, "Oh, did you catch again?" Because now I'm I'm the hockey guy in the small little office. So and I'm still you know <laughs> learning my place. But they're asking, "Oh, did you watch Bedard? This, this, and that." And it was actually brought to my attention that you know, and I forgot about it. But because of his birthday, like technically, if he was in school, I know for sure in Illinois. But like, if he was in like any, I'm, th- I'm gonna say probably most states. Due to his birthday, he would actually still be a high school senior. <laughs> and now he's up against playing against guys that are, you know, I wouldn't maybe 20 years ago I'd say oh double his age, but now at the average age of the hockey players. But I mean, almost guys that are 10, 15 years older than him. And he's while he does look young like a kid. I mean, he's he's playing like he's been around for a while, and he's making it fun again. Absolutely, and you know it's funny. Like I know, I know it correlated a lot with the Devils, but like his debut compared to Jack Hughes' debut a couple of years ago. I mean, Jack Hughes looked like a baby out there. Connor yeah. Bedard looked really good. 
<laughs> I mean, he looks fantastic. I, you know, again, that's the big thing is I, you know, I, again, I get the athletic, so I read, you know, and I, I've just been reading Bedard stories left and right, like, and it's, I'm reading the comments in those, and like, even I'm kind of like getting sick of reading about Bedard, like, like, look, don't get me wrong, like, maybe one article a day, you know, just something new, interesting, instead of the same old, you know, recycled stuff that everybody keeps using, like, again, I mean, it's been, what, since... Matthews, maybe McDavid was like probably the last, you could say, quote unquote, generational player. But, um, you know, and I, I don't want to compare them and I'm like, I'll save that for later. But, um, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, well, let's let the kid be the kid, you know, and let him, you know, let him breathe a little bit. But, you know, for a town that's starved for actually quality hockey again, um, you know, it, it's great. It's, I'm excited. I actually have already got tickets to go see him in, uh, November. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, how, uh, That's you know, how is everything going over in, uh, your, your part of the country? Good. It's, um, you know, we're in full swing with our Wolves programs. Our, our 16s are doing well. Our 18s are, um, right now they're number one in, uh, in the Granite State Hockey League at the Tier 2 level. Our uh, junior teams are both in first place in their divisions in the EHL and the EHL Premier. Uh, but it's still early. You know, there's a lot of games to be played. So, you know, I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse. But I, I, all, all's going well. How, how about your guys? I mean, first of all, that's congrats. It all sounds awesome. I mean, I don't think you could want more than that, you know, being in first place. Sounds like things are moving well. Uh, my guys, uh, my little guys, they're doing, they're doing fine. They're doing, uh, you know what, we're right now, knock on wood, we're on a three game heater, so I'm pretty happy with that. But, uh, um, overall, it's been, again, it's been a definitely a drop, different, not drop off. It's been a different atmosphere going from having like, again, 15, 16 year olds to having basically nine year olds and some of the stuff they say, man, they're, <laughs> They're hilarious. Some of the other stuff they say, you're just like, all right, like, all right, that's enough. But, um, you know, it's fun because it's like going back down to, you know, I mean, it literally is the roots of the game and just trying to make it fun and still find ways to teach concepts and skills without not, not overdoing it, but also not underdoing it. So you got to find like that right line of what's age appropriate for them and, but also makes it fun because I, I don't want the kids to be like, oh, hockey, I got to go and, you know, go practice. This sucks. Like, no, I want, I want kids to show up. I'm like, yeah, you know, okay, I'm going to have to work hard here and there. But, you know, we're I know we're going to play do this kind of small area game or this or that. So, uh, honestly, it's been fun so far. Um, it's a long-winded that's answer great. for – but No, no, I, I think that, um, you know, that's one of the things I think the coaches can learn from a lot of different directions. A lot of coaches kind of come from the concepts perspective of where what they're trying to teach the kids, and then they formulate the practice around that. And other coaches come from the drill perspective of, oh, this drill will work for this age level or this group, and I think I'll work more on these particular types of drills. Um, what have you found has been the most like effective way to teach your group of kids at that age level? Um. You know, honestly, I, I like to hide certain, I mean, I've always done, even with the older level, but this level even more, um, I like to hide things within the drills. So maybe, yep. you know, the focus on a particular drill, I mean, and again, all drills, you can work on different things, but, you know, our season started after tryouts within, like, I think I had the kids for two and a half weeks. And I've got some kids that are new to the team, like the group, some kids that are new to the club. I don't know what they've learned from the coach the season before. So 
you kind of got to hide a lot. Of, you got to go over quite a bit to, to hit the ground running. So um, I've been burying a lot of, you know, skills within drills. Um, we've been doing a lot of small area games that are focusing on, you know, just being on the defensive side of the puck, um, how to, you know, how to do those things while still being competitive and still having fun and still working on, you know, this, this, and that. So I, you know, I'm more of those, one of those guys that just likes to hide certain things in drills. And, um, you know, I mean, even last year with the midgets, I remember one of the kids, uh, you know, the, the team had gotten in trouble, but I was like, you know, I'm not going to bag skate him this time. It's not working. So I ended up coming up with a couple or found a couple drills and I was like, Oh, oh, there's a lot of skating involved in this drill, but it's competitive and they got to move. So we ended up using that a couple of times, you know, a couple different one of those. And one of the kids ended up coming up to me is he wasn't a dumb kid. And he goes, Hey coach. I was like, yeah, what's up, bud? He goes, uh, you're, you're, you're still skating us, aren't you? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, there's still conditioning skates in these drills. We're, we're still moving. And like, we're really skating hard here. He goes, you did that on purpose, didn't you? And I was like, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. As I'm smiling and laughing, and my assistant's cracking his ass up. He's just like, man, like they're not as dumb as we, you know, they look. But, um, but yeah, so that's how I am as a coach. But I think it really depends on the level and the where you're at. How about yourself, coach? Well, that's that's funny you said that because I, I think that um, one thing I've kind of found this year because I have Bears team, which, and he's on the U8s. Basically, he's a 2015. And then I, you know, I'll have in the morning, I'll have my, my EHL premier team, which is basically a U19 team. Yeah. And I'll, I'll keep the, you know, you know, if we have an hour practice, I'll probably go through six drills maybe in, in, at a, at the U19 level. Um, but I'll go through four in like an hour 10 practice with our, with Bears team. And it's because what I found is that, you know, that you, you're, you're, your goal is to keep the tempo really high and the compete level really high with the older kids. Because they can understand the drill from the first touch. But right. the little kids don't understand the drill from the first touch. So they actually improve their performance in the drill as the drill goes on. So if I have a you know a ten minute block, they're not really getting the drill until like the eight, seven, eight minute mark. Uh right. whereas at the junior level, they're starting to get over the drill and they're getting tired or winded and they need a you know water break at that point. Or, you know, just a, a change in the drill because at the seven, eight minute mark, they're starting to get fatigued. So it, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a unique way to think about it. Um, those oh, two absolutely. age levels being so different. No, I mean, that, I mean, it does make sense. And, you know, it's, we've, my, again, my assistant coach and I, we've, we've kind of joked about it, but like this season, we're actually, <clears throat> a lot of the stuff that we had to go back and start over from scratch with the team last year, because again, I mean, it was, kind of a misfits team. It was kids from all over who got cut from other places or whatever, the, <clears throat> whatever rhyme or reason. Um, you know, we've gone back, like we've actually been using some of the stuff with the little guy, like the nine-year-olds now, because it's just that kind of basic stuff, like that basic concept. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, I like how you said, you know, you're doing four drills within an hour, 10, I try to keep it same thing. Like I try to do the same type of warm up just so they all know what to get, they're getting into. But, after that, I mean, yeah, I'm looking for maybe some half ice because, you know, some station-based drills and then tossing in some small area games just to end it off, you know. And I think that works the best. But, yeah, allowing extra time with the younger kids for sure. And I love that. I absolutely love that, uh, you know, that correlation there that you made there. Not even correlation, but the difference between the two age groups. 
Now, I also have a, I'm also coaching a U16 team. It's a split season team, uh, with our Wolves program. And, and what I'm discovering with that group is most of those kids are, what would the birth years be? They'd be 07s, 08s. I think we have one or two 09s on that team. And they're, they're doing pretty well. We're like right in the thick of, of our, you know, tier two, you know, Granite State Hockey League, where I think we're second or third or pretty close to, you know, a good level. But, um, what I'm discovering is, is they're coming from a lot of, a lot of, from like smaller town programs and they're coming, mm-hmm. or they're coming from high school hockey and the habits are like, wow. You know, like, I mean, I have some kids who never put their stick on the ice in the defensive zone. I have kids that have never understand back pressure off the four, you know, their four check. And then, and then once the, you know, the first, you know, wave gets past them, they slow up and just kind of glide back into the zone. And <laughs> some guys don't understand any concept with middle drive. And it's like, you know, it's it, it's not a frustrating group because the kids are really great and they're listening and they're attentive, but it's just a lot to unpack because they um, are, have such bad habits after playing at certain levels prior to the season. Um, you coached the 16s last year, Trevor. What are some of the things that you discovered and what are some of the things that worked for your team? Um, you know, well, uh, you know what worked? Um, I don't – I. I found you as a coach, I don't want to introduce too many new drills um, throughout the season. I mean, I might have 10, 15 tops that I'm going to use throughout the whole year, but even that's a lot. Um, so I found that, you know, finding drills that I can build progressions on. So you've got obviously your base that you're starting at, but you can continue to add pieces and layers to it. So you're still doing like the same base of the drill, but it's it's evolving over time. Um, I found that works even with both ages, but really it worked a lot with the the 16 year olds. Um, and again, you know, I they're high school kids, they're they're rambunctious, they're you know just a little bit different than the uh, nine year olds, but. You know, it, it was more or less trying to find something for them. Like, okay, let's keep them going. Let's keep them moving because there's nothing more. And I know we're on the same page, but nothing more than I hate than watching coaches have kids just stand around for, you know, do one rep that goes for 20 seconds and then they're standing around for three, four minutes. Um, so I, I tried to find a lot of drills that incorporated a lot of, you know, movement, you know, your, your rest to, you know, action ratio, if you want to call it that, because I'm not, don't have my scientific uh, journal in front of me. Um, you know, it's more <laughs> or less like, you know, you want to aim for, you know, two two to one, right? So you want to rest for two, you know, for every action that's one. Well, you know, that's where I was kind of aiming for. Um, so that the conditioning's built up into the drills already where I don't have to bag skate kids at the end of practice or in the middle or before uh, or right at the beginning. So that's kind of what worked for me, 16s, but... Again, my team was a lot different than I would say normal 16U teams, um, you know, that I've coached in the past. So, um, but, you know, I got a question for you, coach, with, uh, you know, again, you've got all these different levels that you guys work with it with the Wolves and, you know, you and Tim and the other coaches, do you guys sit down at the beginning of the year and kind of map out or plan out what the rest of your season, like what you want to do coaching wise is going to look like? That's a great uh that's a great question, Trevor. Uh we've had a really steady contingent of coaches um since about the twenty eighteen season. Um because of the limitations with our program to expand beyond the certain age groups that we've been allowed to, to offer, uh we haven't um really deviated too far from like 
16s, 18s, juniors. So that's been our, our bread and butter for the last six years. Um, and we've had consistent coaches throughout that time that, you know, maybe when your coach Garen coaches the 16s, then this yeah. year he's coaching the 18s. I was coaching the junior teams. Then I took a little break and was coaching the 16s for a full season. And, you know, like, so things like that. So we don't necessarily currently have, um, uh, like that kind of game plan, but we mm-hmm. have talked about that game plan and, and we used to talk about the game plan, but we're now we're on the same page pretty consistently where we don't really need to do that. But I do think those things are really important. And with, you know, we have some big news with the Wolves coming up over the next couple of weeks. And we're already talking about doing a summer symposium where we're having going to have one meeting a month, July, June, July, August. Uh, they'll be on three separate topics. We'll have all the Wolves coaches there. We'll do some presentations for some of the new coaches we'll be introducing into the program. And just getting all everybody on the same page, because I think really that's one of the strengths of our program is that is the, the coaching continuity. Like this concepts that our 18s coach, Coach Garen, is teaching. When his kids come to me at the EHL Premier next year or, or Coach Coons at, at the EHL level, they understand what we're talking about. And, right. and there's a shared philosophy. And that's – that's really important. I think some programs, there's not that continuity, uh, and, and that's a real struggle, I think. No, I don't disagree. And the reason I asked is like last year, I, I've said the you know the story a couple of times where my assistant coach and I met up before. I think we stopped at a Buffalo Wild Wings before our practice one day, and we just like, all right, we're going to go over this in September, do this, you know, build on this. Like it was just basically building each month on new stuff or introducing new concepts just based off of our prior experience with midget age players. And I think after, like I said, like the third or second skate, I went in, grabbed the binder that I had it written in and I just picked it, ripped it out, crumpled it up, threw it away. And I'm like, all right, we're literally going back to the basics. Like we were, we're not able to start <laughs> here, but we, you know, we did it again this year with the squirts and, you know, the, the nine-year-olds. And it's actually been, you know, it was easier because, Again, we're starting at the, we are literally starting at, you know, the basics already, if not a little bit more, but, you know, we, we try to keep it simple. Like, Hey, here are the five things we really want to focus on the whole season. Here's a couple things for the offensively, not just offense, like forwards, but offensively. And a couple of things we want to work on as a team defensively. And Hey, we're going to introduce these types of things, you know, each month. And really, I mean, we're not introducing, like, I'm not, I'm not doing a power play. Nine-year-olds don't need a power play. They need to know how to, you know, manipulate space and how to create give and goes and triangulation. So those types yep. of things. But I mean, literally like the first two months, I think two and a half, we've already just defensive zone coverage and breakout and just the different ways we're going to break out. And then I think eventually, you know, right now we're working on angling. Um we might we might show them, hey, okay, this is what a one two two looks like. Because in my opinion, one two two is easier to teach than the two two one two because there's so many different variations of it. But I think that's really helped us, and I think that's a that's a piece that some programs. I think it definitely a would help a lot of coaches because it gives you kind of a guideline. And again, you can always go back and say, you know what, we need to work more on this. You know, we need to work more on our breakout, um, or we need to work more on our passing. Um, and I, again, this is not like the third season I've actually done it, and so far, so good. So, I mean, for any coaches out there, you know, it, it, it's not a bad idea just to kind of game plan just a little bit of, hey, this is what we want to accomplish, and this is how we're going to go about it. You know what? It might take you 30 minutes. It might take an hour, but 
it, it keeps everybody on track. So I think that's a great idea, Trevor. So my, my question back to you though, on that, have you found it? What's easier uh, working with a kid who's a blank slate or breaking hab- bad habits of kids who have a full plate of already developed skills? Um, and you know, from my, uh, from my experience, um, it, it's tough because you, you know, so you, I've worked with kids that are, you know, blank slate, but they don't really grasp what you're trying to, you know, teach. Um, mm-hmm. where I've also had kids that are, you know, they've, they've been, they've, you know, they've had, you know, they've got bad habits, but you know, you can also still work with them. So, I mean, it, it's. I think to each his own. I mean, ultimately, I would love to work with a blank slate. Um, I, honestly, I would actually rather have a kid who I'm building off of what the coach had the year before. But yes, I mean, realistically, if I had to choose between someone with really bad habits compared to someone who's a blank slate and they're both willing to eager to learn, I mean, I would rather have the blank slate because then I can kind of go through, I mean, what, how I would teach it. Whereas, you know, you're working with kids who are, who have bad habits, as you've already said, you know, you got kids with sticks up in their air and they don't, or they don't know how to back check. I mean, these are six, you know, you're talking about your, that age group, like those are tough habits and they've been doing that for so long yeah. now to try and break. I mean, that kids that had their sticks up in the air in the defensive zone, you might as well tie a brick to their blade because I don't know how else you're going to get them the, you know, remember to keep that stick down unless you put them on the bench, but what about you? What, what are your thoughts uh, between blank slate or uh, bad habits? Yeah, I like to have really well-developed um, impact players where they know everything, <laughs> and you can put them at the power play one, and they score three, four goals a game. Yeah, well, we got that in Chicago now, but uh, <laughs> if you haven't heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, that's a really good I probably would honestly say a, a blank slate because, I mean uh, – it's just really tough to break bad habits. Like, you know, how many people start smoking and can't stop? How many people yeah. like, uh, can't lose weight if they want right. to try to lose you know weight? You've got enough. I quit smoking. All right. And it's been eight years, <laughs> but now, now we're going to bring in the weight. We're gonna, we're, what's next? We're going to talk about people who have been trying to hold on to their hair for a long Listen, time. Man, and I, I am looking at on this body. I am looking at a physical Adonis. Jeez. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm going to pump your tires. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. That's uh <laughs> but uh, no, that makes sense. Well, before uh, we jump over to part of the other discussion, um, the other big news, but I think some really big news is uh, if you want to, you know, care to explain, I saw that there was a, uh, you know, a, a tribute. Uh, someone's got a rink out uh, close to you, out by you now, uh, named after them. Yeah. So, uh, right after my dad passed in early March, we, uh, you know, we wanted to, you know, just pay some re- respects to all the hard work my dad did. My dad did a lot of volunteer work. Uh, he really brought hockey to, to Manasquan, which is my hometown in New Jersey. Um, and he was a really impactful teacher to a lot of kids in the, in the community. So, um, there was a, there's a Shiraki rink in downtown or at the beachfront in Manasquan that was basically unnamed. It was just called the Manasquan inline rink. And my dad, the previous incarnation of that rink, my, my dad poured the concrete for and stapled uh, uh, netting up and did all sorts of stuff to the original rink that was located just south of that of the current rink. And the current rink is really nice. So uh, it didn't have a name. We talked to the town. Uh, you know, we raised a bunch of money uh, in terms of donations in his name. And then with with this fundraising game, 
Uh, and then, it, you know, we, we, as a family, we, we purchased, uh, you know, the rink sign and different things like that so that, uh, none of that, the funny money raised for, 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 for kids was going to pay for a sign or things like that. So, oh, uh, and they ended up making that, um, making the rink tremble rink, which is in downtown, in Manasquan, New Jersey. And it was a pretty special night. It was pretty phenomenal. I mean, I saw the pictures and it looks fantastic. Very, thank you. I mean, you know, kudos to you guys. And I love that, you know, I mean, I'm sure I love that you guys put the money, you know, the fundraising money towards the kids um, and everything. And again, I mean, what a, what a tribute to have, you know, in your, your hometown, but, you know, for some, for kids to say, oh, we're going to, you know, the Rick Trimble rink, like they're going to like, who is this? Why is it named after this person? Like, and that's just one awesome way to, you know, memorialize somebody who played such a big part and obviously your family's life, but also how many other kids, you know, he's, he did stuff for, you know, with throughout hockey or baseball or anything else like that. It was pretty phenomenal. We had to see so many, I mean, we had a couple hundred people at at the ceremony and just people coming from all walks of life and saying, tell give me all sorts of different stories. And it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, one, one thing funny about the game though, is, uh, you know, uh, was we, that you and Nut? Yes. Okay. So we, go ahead. So Sorry. All right. I, the kids are like, "Oh, you got to play this and that," and I was like, "Yeah, but we don't have anybody to play goalie." And and one of the guys, I'm not going to call him out, but he's like, "I don't have a cup. I'm not going to play if you don't have a cup." <laughs> and I said, "I was like, that's not a whole my whole freaking life playing street hockey without a cup on, man. Right. I'm not going to be. And you know, I've been married for 13 years, so I mean, I don't really use the thing anyway. So like. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> Put put me in nets. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh man! Did you take one in the groin? Oh no, I'm, I got cat like reflexes. Well, of man. course, I assume so. But I just wanted to make sure. I thought that was you in the net. The pictures I saw, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty dynamic performance. It was. <laughs> 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 it, we won it overtime, seven to six. That was a classic uh, nail it was a nail biter. I made a big save in overtime. I took one in the uh, right in the tits. Oh, <laughs> but then we went down and scored, so it was all worthwhile. That's awesome. No, I'll, this is uh, a family friendly podcast, by the way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I might have to change that tag. But uh, hey, no, I mean honestly, that's that's awesome. Um, you know, congrats to your family for building Thank something you. like that. Um, you know, I'm sure your your father is very proud of not only you, but like just what you guys have done, and I, probably all the players and you know, stuff, those he's worked with. So, um, yeah. So outside of that, I mean, we do kind of have some big news. We probably should just talk about the news a little bit first and then go to the interview. Sure. Um, Definitely. Yeah. so for those of you who don't know, um, it's already been released via, uh, media releases now that we are pretty awesome to have. Um, but, uh, coach Trimble and I have both, uh, have joined on, to the hockey focus uh as partners um not just as content guys but as actual partners so we've got a little bit of stake in the in the game um but more or less uh yeah we are now uh, officially partners and we can officially announce the news that uh yeah we're part of the hockey focus uh with the uh, owner uh, Josh Gresco and uh, Eric Hoffman so uh coach how's it feel for you to be a part of uh, the hockey focus well, I I love this. I love this genre. I love this. I love this form of media. I think that it's great uh, information to get out to parents and families. I love the you know the content that the hockey pro- focus provides. 
So to be part of it is exciting and it's, it, it provides a, you know, a growing space and we're going to be part of that growing space. So I'm really excited about what the future holds. How about you, Trevor? I mean, just based off of our conversations and, you know, the discussions that we've had with, uh, you know, Josh Gresko, who is uh, the founder. Um, he's also, you know, he's he's more uh, doing a lot of the, some writing here and there uh, where we don't really talk to Hoff anymore. I don't even know if he's alive. I, 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 he's alive. <laughs> I just talked to him earlier. But, I mean, we barely talked to him. He's more of a background guy. But, uh, I, you know, the ideas that Josh has, which will be discussed here in a couple seconds when we play the interview, but uh, some of the ideas he's had, some of the ideas we've already bounced around. um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think we've got a a great space, as you already said, that I think there's a lot of room to grow. Um, Again, I'm using your words again. So uh, uh, basically I'm just looking forward to it. I'm happy um, that we've got this and you know, it's fun. I I think it's, it'll be great. I think it's going to be awesome. So I, I, you know what? Here, why don't we just uh, let's just take it right now straight to the interview with owner of the Hockey Focus or CEO of the Hockey Focus, Josh Gresko. <laughs> I don't want to say owner because actually, technically, we're all part owners. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is Trimble's part. So, so I should do something now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, introduce them. You you sure. you introduce everybody else. You're you're good at it. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm a real pro. All right, <laughs> all right. Toolkit listeners, we have Josh Gresko with us. He is the CEO of the Hockey Focus, and he's been joining us today to talk about some interesting news we got going on with the the Hockey Focus and all the stuff going on on the website and social media. So, welcome aboard, Josh. How's it going? CEO is a tough title because. This isn't like a huge corporation, but I'll take it. Yet. 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 Yeah, that's what we're shooting for. The hockey focus. I love it. S&P 500. That's why you brought us on. That's exactly why. I can't do it myself. <laughs> so tell me, Josh, what do you got? Uh, what are some big plans you got in the works for hockey focus? Yeah, well, I mean, first off, bringing you guys on. Um, <laughs> it's a huge plus. Kind of a big um, deal. I think it's kind of just continue what we're doing, but obviously – you know, revamping it in the sense of getting more quality content. I think, you know, one of the biggest thing with bringing you guys on was bringing kind of just your ex- expertise. Um, being in the game um, actively right now is definitely a huge part because obviously, you know, I'm so not disconnected, but I'm, I've been out of the game. I'm not coaching um, in terms of that. So I'm not there day to day. I'm definitely following it around and can report on it. So just having that expertise and being able to really connect with, parents and players was a huge plus and obviously just you guys are fun to be around fun to work with so it's definitely exciting um Gee, but i think you haven't you know, been talking to my wife lately kinda... Jeez. i was gonna say we got yeah, our moments <laughs> <laughs> just kidding there you go um but yeah no i think it's just kind of revamping up the content um getting quality information now to you know the listeners that we've we've been able to garner and and attract and then ultimately help out, you know, maybe any parents or players that are younger that want to know about the, not only the junior hockey landscape, but the college landscape, college route, AAA, youth hockey, kind of just everything hockey, um, focusing on the development, but also the new side of it. Um, so I think kind of getting more podcast on board, obviously with, you know, the hockey toolkit podcast, um, getting that on board, getting you guys bringing that in-depth discussion, um, and then ultimately, you know, bring it back, TJHP, potentially bring it back, stall talk at some time. 
Um, but I think I really want to focus on getting good quality content um, in form of podcasts and then ultimately, you know, blogs and whatnot, and maybe throw in some YouTube shows um, and definitely get some more social content as well. Well, that's one of the things I like most about the hockey focus is, is it really has something for everybody. You know, if you're if you're a casual um, NHL fan, you can tune in and get some information on some of the topics of the day. Or if you're more interested in, in junior hockey or college hockey, there's information for you uh, as well on, in those on those topics. Now, Josh, who do you think is like the, the ideal uh, person that we're targeting with uh, this new approach? Yeah, I mean, I've always... So obviously the the TJHP and I would say just the website in general, so which which transformed into the hockey focus was always, you know, our demographics were always kind of like the parent um, and the coaches. It was always like that 30 to like 50 age mark. So I think we got a lot of coaches, um, a lot of players, a lot of or a lot of parents. And then we're kind of missing that that younger demographic. So I'd love to kind of crack into that. Um, It's always a tough demographic just because. I mean, when I played juniors, I never sat and listened to a podcast. First off, they weren't, you know, big back then, you know, 10 plus years ago. Um, (laughs) But getting maybe that YouTube and like that short form content or getting like clips up of podcast, I love to kind of garner that demographic, which also comes with, you know, gear reviews. And there's just a lot in the works or a lot of stuff that like I'm thinking of or that we're thinking of now. Um, And I think it's really important to kind of get after those, you know, probably like 16 to 21, like the kids that are playing juniors or the kids that are, you know, the 16 year olds that are playing AAA that maybe just jump right to college, whatever it may be. I think getting that younger demographic um, is definitely kind of, you know, the, the, the focus I would say maybe this year and just kind of getting those people on board because it is also tough um, just with the space that we're in is, is targeting, you know, not not targeting, but getting like the audience to stick around because, you know, players might, you know, they're, they're younger, they're playing, you know, juniors or youth hockey. Once they're done, they move to college. Their parents are also kind of out of the hockey space. So you almost have to like every three or four years, get a new, you know, attract that new audience in to listen. Um, But I think getting the players and kind of doing what we do best and giving quality information, but then also having that, you know, cool, not cool, but all like that, that laid back kind of atmosphere where we're joking around. It's like we're in the locker room. It's all the guys can relate to what we're kind of talking about, but then we kind of mix in the news and, and information um, throughout. I love that, Josh. And one, actually one of the, the best podcasts I ever heard you do was um, one with a, an advisor, you know, so like bringing in other people that provide, you know, maybe a conflicting point of view or, or creating some, you know, um, different dynamics within that interview segment. I found was really informative. Um, what kind of things like would you expect for the future in the next couple weeks, couple months? Would you be rolling out with the hockey focus that's maybe different than what you currently have? Yeah, so I'd, it's definitely I'd like to kind of with that short form content um, outside of kind of the podcast. Obviously, TJHP is taking a little break for the off season. We're gonna we're gonna get that going again. But in terms of content that we haven't really done before. Um, I have, you know, I think we've discussed briefly of a show, us three kind of, you know, once a week where it's more of like a YouTube show. Um, it's 15, 30 minutes. We're talking about the highlights of the week. Um, just kind of running through the, maybe the major stories or anything that happened or anything that, you know, happened in our lives, even just doing kind of a YouTube like that show. I would like to do kind of like you mentioned with the advisor interview, 
I think a cool thing to do would be more of like, um, you know, a, a Twitter, Instagram, TikTok type show where it's like maybe five minutes. It's really short, five to ten minutes, where it actually is just sitting down with a quick interview. Get a coach on, we get an advisor on, we get a player on, whatever it may be. Just one-on-one, if I can sit down and ask them questions about what's going on. Maybe it's a, a breaking news, not even breaking news, but a current event story um, or something like that. I think that would kind of be enticing um, to at least some people, especially if we're trying to go after you know, getting the players involved or getting them to engage in our content. I think that would be huge to get you know the short-form, five- to ten-minute videos where they can tune in, get some you know great advice from the guests, not so much me. Um, but listen to, you know, a really great, you know, hockey minded person and get some, you know, tips, tricks, whatever it may be and kind of tune in for that. So I'm definitely, you know, interested in that and I can't, you know, say it's going to happen this week, but something that we're, I'm definitely working on and conceptualizing and seeing what, you know, potentially will work. Um, and then on top of that, I think you guys just bring, you know, Trimble, especially you with the, the drills, um, drills of the week. You know, you have the the wolf videos in there, the New England wolf videos that you actually run through the drills. Um, I think that's kind of awesome, so people actually can see the drill. So some of the stuff that you guys have also brought um, is different and an avenue that we haven't really gone down um, in terms of getting consistent, quality, good content that actually helps players, parents, coaches, whoever it may be. So you recognize that rink in the videos, huh? Oh yeah. My old home. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What do you got for even changed Josh? The name to Josh Gresco Arena. <laughs> That's in the works. I don't know if you know that. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I made that huge donation. I thought it would. It's <laughs> yeah. Done. Yeah, it's already in the works, and uh, at least we're going to at least name one of the bathrooms after you. So you got something. That, you got that there going go. for you. I'll take that. <laughs> that makes more sense. I think. Yeah. Oh man. Oh jeez. No, yeah, I mean, from on my end, obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, Gresco, first of all, I commend you for, you know, how long you've been working with, you know, with start off TGHP. I know you had a partner originally, and then, you know, you've been holding that thing together for, what, five, six years now, if not longer? Um, yeah, 2017. Yeah, so I, together. It's been ups and downs. And hopefully but but I mean, like, I commend you because a lot of people would be, I mean, look at, I mean, I tried to create my own thing and it just didn't, it faltered. Um, you know, it's pretty easy for people, as you said, you know, ups and downs. Um, so, I mean, I know for myself, I know for Trimble as well, you know, we're really looking forward to joining the team. Um, you know, outside of that, I think, again, I really don't have questions because, I mean, we... We've already Trimble's already taken all the good ones, and we talk yeah. on the side. But uh, I've ruined you know, it right again. Now, Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't. I told you at least you got the time right. Um, but uh, I guess I'll ask this: If you're going to pick any team to win the cup this year, who do you think it's going to be? I mean, I have to go with the Flyers. It's just it's too early to <laughs> to tell. The Flyers are undefeated, aren't they? Who would also be? Who would be like the biggest? Maybe like Arizona. If they could win a cup, in the a- they're still <laughs> playing the ASU rink, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. They, yeah, sadly. do they? So, I mean, this is a real question that we can kind of wrap it up, at least for my segment. But do you think if they were to go to the Stanley Cup, they'd actually play in that arena? <laughs> I think that's a good question. Like you have to think the NHL steps in at that point. I mean, I don't think they're going to go, but I think the NHL would have to step in, right? There's going to be a shit ton to... of jobs available to build a brand new rink in the yeah, middle that of would Tempe be, or whatever. 
insane, like a 5,000 person Stanley Cup playoff. <laughs> I never even thought of that, to be honest. It would, yeah. Well, nobody really thinks of Arizona going to the playoffs. <laughs> <That's playoff, true. laughs> it still makes you wonder. Yeah, no, um, for sure. But yeah, no, I'll tie it up. I mean, I, I, it's super excited to have you guys on. You guys have both. Trimble, we have a long lasting relationship with, you know, the Wolves working with TJHP and also the Hockey Focus. You've written for us in the past. And then the TDC, obviously, you helped. Multiple for you know the first few years of really working with us and getting quality content up for free. Um, so and, and I admire what you've done for us, so I'm really happy to have you on board. I think we're really in a position that we can kind of you know take this hopefully to the next level. Um, and if not, then at least we can get quality information with you guys out, um, and get some good blogs, you know, drills out, whatever it may be, good quality content out to the audience, um, and provide at least you know, a good source of information. Um, if not grow this thing into, you know, a company. So thank you guys for coming on. I'm happy that you guys are partners now. Um, and yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on our show. So, uh, yeah, thanks, we Josh, appreciate absolutely. it. And, and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Gresco for coming on. Uh, even that 10, 15 minute, uh, interview, that was already fun for us. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I know you are too, coach. So, um, definitely. Now, a little bit of backstory. You, did you coach Gresco or did he, I know, I mean, you already alluded to it that you, well, you guys are naming the shitter after him, but, uh, <laughs> what uh, uh, yeah what... so i was the assistant coach when when josh was played for the laconia leafs here in laconia uh it was probably the last year they had the lease but so before they were bought out by a company in waterville new hampshire which became the new england wolves um and then josh went out and played and i think it was the minnesota junior hockey league which is now part of the usphl yep um and then he i think he's still you know he's remained out in the midwest ever since um but josh was you know, you, you guys give him a lot of flack. Josh was a good good player out here. He he, he made a good first pass. He saw the ice really well. Uh, he had a little bit of heavy boots, but he, he had good hands and good vision. And he added a lot to the team. Uh, funny story. So I was a young coach at the time. And uh, I had some guys help me move in when we bought our house here on Morrill Street in, in Guilford. And they saw like a sign in the garage. And it was like this you know, surf coaster sign. And there was a condemned uh, water park in the Weirs Beach, Laconia. I probably shouldn't reveal this. I'm going to get arrested. But, uh, <laughs> so so the kids were like, yeah, I think yeah, we, go, we were over, over seven years for yeah. sure. Some of the kids were like, where'd you get that sign, coach? I was like, ah, oh, I got it from this place down in, down in the Weirs. And they were like, that's sick. Are there more signs down there? It's like, yeah, I'll show you. So we went down there with- Went down there with a bunch of guys, and uh, I got our hands on some good signs. It was a good team building activity. <laughs> how to be criminals? Nice job, coach. Nice, nice. No, yeah, I mean, I didn't teach them how to be criminals. They told them how to be pack rats. <laughs> You're working out hunting, hunting the puck, hunting for signs. Same thing. You're just always after That's right. looking for the good ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, Grusko, again, when, um, you know, he alluded, he talked about how I was with them before. Um, and I, it was, had a total, a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, he said it for you, like, 
I looked at it as just something to do for fun, and it was fun working with him and Hoff and some of the other guys. Um, and yeah, he's uh, currently in uh, like I think he's in a suburb outside of Minneapolis. We were catching up a little bit before he got there. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's done a phenomenal job of keeping it running. You know, as you said, up and some ups and downs. Um, but again, I'm looking uh, really looking forward to it. I'm glad that we have the opportunity, especially now. You know, we're all part of the team. Um, but you know, it's just like another, you know, it's like a, it's like another part of family. So, um, not to get emotional here, but you know, it'll be fun. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, we, I know you've already been pumping stuff out with your weekly drills. I've put out, well, let's see, today is Thursday. So there's definitely going to be at least two, one, if not two articles out, uh, for me, um, more outside of my first one of just saying, Hey, what's up? And then, uh, yeah, we're, we're on there, uh, already. So, um, just gives us a nice little home and a nice little place to keep having some fun here. Absolutely. And I think like you know, the stuff that some of the ideas and concepts of what he's, he was talking about, like, you know, short sound bites and stuff on YouTube and TikTok, I think that is really impactful. You know, the stuff that comes up on my Instagram feed um, that is information that I completely disagree with from advisors. Uh, yeah. I think I think there's a space for you know, real content, real information, useful information that can go out to a wide variety of people within the hockey space. And I think that the hockey focus could take over that landscape in a large part. Oh, absolutely. And I, <laughs> I was thinking you're, I didn't know you were going to go the advisor. I thought you were going to go the route of the, uh, the hockey skills coach who trains, uh, all across, um, all across the world. And it's just as a nightmare on Instagram. He's, I actually found him on Twitter too. So, uh, at some point, I'm sure we will have a discussion between himself and myself, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get too much into it now until I see his next stupid little short video. Anyhow, he, sh- uh, he shoots like the opposite of Connor Bedard. <laughs> He's got a whole three-step system, and he'll tell every kid they're doing it absolutely wrong first, and then they can fix it. Hundred percent wrong, all of them. Hundred percent. And then, and then when Connor Bedard shoots it, he, well, like where do you go from there? <laughs> the guy can rip it, like it, as the fastest release, most accurate shot. It's and it's completely different than what he's talking about. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, I, that we'll save that again for another day. I don't want to. I want to keep it at least somewhat cordial to start. So, uh, but yeah, so we're, uh, it's going to be fun. And like you said, yeah, the little ideas, the stuff here and there, um, with the little ideas, but the short stuff, the, that type of content, that'll be fun. Um, you know, and, uh, we'll just keep kind of plugging along Absolutely. there, but, uh, kind of circle back to, uh, the end of the show here we uh we do have five myths and because we've been talking about hockey the nhl quite a bit and about Connor bedard in case you didn't know he's a rookie in chicago here um great shot uh he's did you know coach he scored his first goal last night i think the world knows <laughs> yeah I, I heard a few times every yeah. every kid i've ever talked to today you see Connor bedard yeah yeah, oh my god. Uh but uh, yeah, so we've been talking about the NHL so we decided we're we're going to go into a uh hey, let's do what are the five myths of the NHL this season. Um which I actually liked and I know I only had two. I was thinking of a third one and then you fired off three and I was like, "All right, well, I'm not going to do any more heavy lifting." <laughs> so <laughs> Well, so my right- number one is 
is the Boston Bruins will completely drop off with the loss of Krejci and Bergeron. And although I think they're not going to be a 60-win team this year, I think they still have very good goaltending. I think their defense is still really, really good, led by Charlie McAvoy. And then they have a lot of depth up front. And you forgot they have a guy named David Pasternak. He's pretty good, too. So I, I, I think... You know they're they're right in the middle of the playoff discussion. They should be a good team. Uh, I don't I don't think anybody will repeat a sixty win season like unless you're pre cap Detroit Red Wings, but or Montreal Canadiens pre cap. But um, they're they're going to be good. What do you think, Trevor? I I don't think yeah I don't think there's going to be. A, I mean it's tough to replace your top two centers. Let's let's not like you can't say it's not. And again, replacing a guy like Bergeron. I mean, even taking Krejci, like replacing Bergeron, who's been one of the best two-way forwards the game's ever seen, um, that's hard to do. Now, do I think there's going to be a big drop-off? They're not going to be, as you said, the sixty the sixty win team. Um, I I don't think they're going to be squeaking into the playoffs, but I, I still think they're going to be a playoff caliber team. Um, you know, again, you said depth and that's really what the game's about is having good quality depth. And I think the bees do have a good, they do have good quality depth. So I, I would say, uh, yeah, I agree on that, that myth right there. Um, maybe I'll say two, Trevor, uh, you know what? I'm going to skip, I'm going to move two around because we've, uh, but I'm going to go with, uh, two is the myth that Toronto can't win the cup. And as much as I love stirring the pot with the Leafs fans, uh, I think the, I'm not saying, I'm not picking the Leafs by any means to win the cup, but they, they've got so much talent on that team. So, and again, another team with a ton of depth. I think really last year they just ran into a hot goalie amongst, you know, yeah. very few things. Um, again, I mean, that, that's a, they're a strong team top to bottom. Um, you know, maybe their goaltending is, a, is not the strongest, but, I still think overall they're still a, a team that can that could win the cup. I, I don't see why not. Um, that said, if I am you know Sheldon Keith, I I gotta know that if I'm not making it to at least the you know the semis, my my career in uh, Toronto is gonna be over. But I, I I think they could still they're still they're still easily a contender. I there's no doubt about it. I agree. I think that, um, you know, you're only cursed until you're not cursed. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the Leafs are one of the top, probably top five, six teams that, that has a chance to win the cup this year. They just, they, they haven't won it yet. So it's just a matter of time, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, what do you got for uh, number three, coach? Quebec should be the next NHL franchise. Hmm. Interesting. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of talk about NHL expansion, and you know, maybe over the next five, six years, going to adding two more teams. Um, and you look at the success of Vegas. You look at the success with all in California, and how much it's grown the game. Um, and although it would be nice and nostalgic to have Quebec back in the fold, um, I think the next franchise. You know, I don't think they should go back to Atlanta. I think they should. I think Houston is a huge market. And Houston, you know, has a hockey in Texas has grown so much over the last 20 years. The fact that they only have one NHL team and they have, um, you know, so many kids playing hockey. I think, I think it's time for Houston to get a franchise. You know, it's funny you say that because yesterday, uh, I was talking to 
our club's uh, skills instructor, and he was talking about, you know, we were all talking about just how AAA hockey is across the country and how at certain ages, like, like the Dallas Stars actually run their youth, the youth programs yes. out, like they out there. And I think they've got only got what? The Junior Stars is the only AAA team out there. Um, yeah, the Stars Elite. Yep. And the Stars Elite. So, I mean, it's like, but they, and everybody else kind of just plays like in a, you know, a tier two that's actually competitive tier two, but, Long story short, I wouldn't mind seeing Houston. Uh, you know, I, mean, I don't know if that would be the first team. I really haven't dug into it, so I'm not going to say I agree, but I'm not going to say I, I disagree though either. Um, you know, Quebec, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. It's better than putting them anybody in Phoenix. I mean, I think Phoenix needs to be gone, but uh, yeah, I, I. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know if. I guess I'm really not hurt either way. Whatever's going to bring. You know, expand the game more um, without diluting the product. I think that's where I'm more, most likely at because I I, w- I don't want to see teams coming in. And I think the league got very lucky with the the caliber of depth that was out there in players. But I don't want to see us have too many teams where that that talent and that depth gets too thin, and then you're you're kind of going backwards. Um, you know, with some teams. So uh, I, I'm gonna say I'm I'm on, I'm fifty fifty. I mean, yeah. I, I, Honestly, actually, I think it's more or less. I don't care where the next one goes, as long as it's somewhere beneficial for the league and for uh, you know the development of the game. Is that fair? What do you got for number? What do you got for number four, Trevor? <laughs> All right, number four. Like I said, you know, we, <laughs> Chicago's got this guy named Bedard, and uh, yeah. So I think uh, who? who? Yeah, exactly. Um, Bedard is the next McDavid. Uh, I think it's. I think it's it's tough because you don't want to put, you know, he's a good player. He's a, he's a phenomenal player. Let me back that. Let me back up. He's a phenomenal player. Um, but I think expectations that come right out of the gates that he's going to be this superstar generational player right out the get go. I think that's kind of tough. Um, to to put on a player and put on a again as we said he's eighteen. Could be in, he would be a high school senior here in Illinois right now, um, based <laughs> on when his birthday is. Like, I, I think that's just too much to put on players. And I know we do it in every sport. We do it in football with, you know, talking about Caleb Williams in USC. We're doing baseball, you know, with some of these other guys like Bryce Harper when he was coming up. And some of them work out, some of them don't. Um, I just, I think just having that expectation that he's going to be this, the next great thing. Well, yeah, I mean, the shot's amazing and stuff. He's still got a lot to learn, and I, I just, I don't know. That was a nice thing about Kane and Taze was they weren't known as the next big thing out here in Chicago, but they grew into those, you know, they grew into top-tier players. Um, I can't imagine what they would have been like if they would have been known as generational players out here in Chicago. Like, I just don't know. So I think comparing Bedard to McDavid is unfair. Um, you know, but that, that's my opinion. And I'm uh, in Chicago hearing about it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, and looking at the type of player he is and and the type of situation he's going to, um, you know, there's not a ton of talent around, around him in Chicago. So it's going to be a struggle. Like he, he's probably not going to be a playoff team for maybe a year or two, but I think, uh, just like in, in that respect, he was, he's a lot like the situation in Edmonton where, um, they kind of grew together. So like you have these young players, like you talked about a couple other young players that are coming in Chicago. That's the most exciting thing is like what window opens up 
when you right. get a player like Connor Bedard, and now all of a sudden you have the other prospects are like who are good prospects now add to a great core, and that that's the most exciting part. Like if you have nobody wants uh, to have the Marcel Dion, the one player who like is the only player on his team. You know what I mean? Like right. uh, you want to have great teams with great players on them, and I think that's where the the parallel with Bedard and McDavid. Is fitting a little bit just because where their teams are at that current rebuilding stage. That's fair. Um, I mean, the Oilers are probably still rebuilding, anyways. But uh, <laughs> no, no that, that, and that's completely fair. I, you know, I actually never really thought about that, uh, but that does that does make sense. Uh, number four, coach, uh, or no, number four, number five. Sorry, it's been a long day. That's uh, all good. Do you know man. about Bedard? Oh. <laughs> just kidding, uh, number five, coach. This, this should just be called the Connor Bedard episode. Yeah, this is what it should be. And it probably will be now. <laughs> number five is Buffalo and Ottawa a year away. Everybody's everybody's talking about, uh, oh, well, Pittsburgh's still pretty good. and Boston's still pretty good. And obviously Carolina. So are Buffalo and Ottawa going to be able to squeak in? And are they ready yet to be playoff teams? And, you know, I look at the Devils last year, they were out of the playoffs and then they had a, you know, a 40, 50 point transformation because their young players started to really blossom. And I, I think Buffalo and Ottawa have really good young players. And I think that they're, they're going to sneak into the playoffs or be right on, right on the doorstep until the end of the season. So, um, I don't think they're a year away. I think this is their year. Like this is your year to make that big push. Uh, you know, I was curious how you were going to, which way you were going to go with that, uh, that statement. And I, I for sure think Buffalo, is a playoff team. Like I, I think they've taken that next step as an organization, uh, more so than Ottawa, at least. Um, you know, I, but still, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I think the pens have bit off more than they can chew with doing this whole like one last push thing. I think that's going to bite them in the ass on uh, the long term, but, uh, I, I don't disagree. I, I, I really think actually I, out of all of them, I think Buffalo is a for sure playoff team this year. Yeah, it'll be exciting. I mean, you know, Bill's going to win the Super Bowl and, and uh, <laughs> they were getting the playoffs. It's, <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, but Bill's had a terrible game last weekend. So yeah, I, it's, I, yeah they, it's, they did. The damn fantasy <laughs> football is kicking him in the ass, too. So, but it's no, the I, big roller coaster ride at Buffalo. <laughs> I just want to watch people go through tables. That's really it. <laughs> <laughs> Me, too. Yeah, so. Well, Coach, this was fun catching back up. We'll uh, get this back on a regular schedule. I know that uh, I've actually had a few coaches that I know of reach out and say they 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 enjoy what we're doing and they they really like it. So uh, shout out to them. I I appreciate the feedback. Anybody out there? Um, but yeah, we'll get back on a regular schedule here. And uh, now that some of our lives are more stable, like basically my life. Um, so. Uh, yeah, coach. Anything you want to finish off? Add, take away, bleep out, anything? <laughs> no. Good luck in your games this weekend, Trevor. And uh, looking forward to some great hockey with the NHL starting this week. So it's all fun. Yeah. Good luck to the Wolves. Uh, someone's like you guys don't really need much luck, but you're doing you're kicking ass. So keep it up, coach. And oh, uh, we'll already, talk to you. Like- <laughs> you always need luck, my friend. <laughs> well, you know, you'd rather be on the right side. But all right. Absolutely. Well, if, uh, I'm Trevor DiCarlo. I'm Andrew Trimble. And this is the uh, Hockey Toolkit. Yeah, you guys all have a good night or day, whatever time it is.